Against my protest, the school has put an anonymous suggestion box in each classroom. But remember, all I do every day is reading and grading, looking at things you've written down. I'll know. Welcome to Video High, your B-movie education. And for all you B-boys, B-girls, B-non-binary folks, and B-students out there, our movie this (laughs) week will be 1986's Knights of the City. But first, the roll call. Jamie Kennedy. My brain literally malfunctioned trying to choose a song from West Side Story to parody for this opening thought. So I think I just need to do a hard reset. Do you mind waiting while I go through the whole movie in full? (laughs) Oh, Oh, she's really going through all of it. This might take a while, guys. Tonight! Okay, we're good. Josh Roth. My favorite part was when Jeff Kutash as Flash entered the Speed Force. <laughs> That's a real niche internet joke. <laughs> there will be dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> Greg Hansen. Well, guys, we've finally done it. We found a movie that perfectly represents all of our tastes. <laughs> For me, it's the Violent Gangs. For Josh, it's the musical theater show and review. For Casey, it has Leon Isaac Kennedy in leather pants. And for Jamie, it has the dogged insistence to say frig no matter how angry they are. It's called representation, Craig, and I appreciate it. And I'm Casey Regan, and I just want to say, crime and punishment conservatives, this is exactly what (laughs) coastal cities are like. This movie. This is the future the liberals want. (laughs) Exactly. This is the future I want. It's the city I want to live in. We built this city. Uh, Oh, speaking of which, uh, we should probably get going. Oh. We got that thing? Yeah, we got to head to the... The competition. Oh, right. How could I forget that today is the big competition? Today is the big competition. We got to get going. So uh, let's head out. Okay. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Hey, focus up, lasers. No time for fun. We got to go whip some video high butt. You said it, Jimmy. Because we are the baddest, the hardest, the meanest gang to ever transition away from knife crimes and into the world of easy listening hip-hop fusion. We are the lasers and we're here to say... Freaking A, man. (laughs) We gotta do something tonight. Something that mixes the street style of rap and breakdance with the equally street style of jazz tap blues guitar scales and walking cane vaudeville shtick. 
The true language of the streets. That's right, Smush. And we'd never have a chance at winning this competition, which I'm sure is just down another one of these warehouse alleyways, <laughs> without you having given up being New York Ballet's prima ballerina to join our gang. I got the nickname Smush for voicing my feats into point shoes. <laughs> Adam, whatever your gender identity, kid, them video punks ain't gonna know what hit them. Means a lot coming from you, Spooky, since you're a real sensitive artist. Freaking A. Go lasers! Go lasers! Why don't you all cram it, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? Singing, dancing, those punks over at Video High. I hear they've been moving in on our action. 80s action. <laughs> they know 80s movies belongs to our school. Laser disc vocational prep. <laughs> but instead of going over there and pulling the tape out of their cassettes, y'all want to prance around like a bunch of slurs we're more comfortable with now. Where's the killer spirit? Where's the heart? Where... Where are we, also? What are you talking about, Corey? Yeah, why you always gotta be such a hothead? I mean, look at us! We used to be real killers. <laughs> like, doing actual murders. <laughs> but you changed, Jimmy. And I am 100% sure I've seen that dumpster before. <laughs> are we going in circles? <laughs> You're crazy, man. We got a real shot to get out of this town. Ain't no way to make nothing out of yourself. Not since the CNC Music Factory shut down. Everybody cramps now. <laughs> no, but but I mean it. Like, like we've been strutting through alleyways with attitude for like the last 45 minutes, but I, it doesn't feel like we're going anywhere. You're with me, right, other gang members who only occasionally get lines? Well, the You're the only one who ain't going anywhere, Corey. You're a memory man. You're old news. Then again, you might have a point. Because all these steamy manholes are starting to look alike. Steamy manholes! I get it. That's like anal sex. Shut up! I'm just saying. I understood. We used to go into the breakdancing clubs, demand a little money to show our stuff from Flash, the professional dancer, who we both rob and is friends with us. He's a good guy. Things were different ever since we got locked in the drunk take with that one record executive who said he wanted to hear our tapes despite being locked up with a vastly superior and famous hip-hop group. <laughs> you talking about the fat boys? I'm talking about the fat boys. We're nothing compared to the fat boys musically, but we used to be a real gang. We used to rumble. We thought we had it good giving our tape to the record executive, but you had to go a step further, didn't you, Jimmy? You had to get romantically involved with the record executive's daughter, which changed everything about our gang. I think, maybe, <laughs> at very least, it took you away from the gang in scenes that dramatically were disconnected from the rest of the drama, but still meant that you had gone soft, Jimmy. You had gone soft, because when 
other gangs stepped to us and took over our territory, started horning in on our protection racket, you got all into the music scene. You tried to make something of yourself. Well, what about me, huh? What about Corey? What about those of us who are both musically untalented and <laughs> violently psychopathic? <laughs> Don't mention sweaty. <laughs> that is... True to life at the moment. I'm just saying, have you forgotten what we were? We're the lasers. We were a family, man. And again, where are we going? I hate to agree with them, but didn't you say this was a shortcut smush? Where's the competition? Me? I don't know. I've never gone anywhere without strut with attitude down a foggy warehouse alleyway. Oh, oh, I'm a side character. Meanwhile, at the competition. Yeah, we're gonna be every last button again on the whole bargain street. On the whole, have a mother loving street. Uh. Well done, video high, I guess. Uh, hey, uh, where's the group you told us would be here? Uh, I don't know, but if they don't show and there isn't another gang willing to shoot this woman for trying, <laughs> then we have to give video the win. Then I guess we have no choice. Video, despite your clear technical deficiency and lack of fidelity, you have won by forfeit over Laserdisc. <laughs> it is... Decided. <laughs> and that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a lot of good men in the format wars. <laughs> Pour some out for HD DVD, huh? <laughs> Knights of the City on the night of their lives. Featuring hot tracks by The Fat Boys, Curtis Blow, KC, and guest starring Smokey Robinson. Knights of the City, in the battle of their lives. Leon Isaac Kennedy, Nicholas Campbell, Knights of the City. As we read this book report, I realized that the movie kind of got away from me <laughs> while I was the writing The movie it. got away from itself. So, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I've never been so disconnected from a plot while also wholly enjoying a oh, movie. Yeah. Like absolutely. Look, I'll just I'll just say full stop. I don't think I've enjoyed a video high movie this much. Oh wow. Ooh, Very wait. I, I got to think. But to your point, Casey, similarly, this is one of the few video high movies that has like a very detailed plot synopsis on Wikipedia, and I think that Wikipedia article is doing a lot of heavy lifting that the movie itself does not do. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like they are coming up with the plot. They make some leaps. They it's, make some leaps. It's like the novelization adaptation of a movie where mm. they fill in all of the narrative <laughs> and gaps. And you're like, I don't think text, maybe subtext, definitely not text. <laughs> so y'all last episode referenced Plane in talking about Last Flight to Hell. Yeah. I felt, uh, while this will feel like a bigger leap, I felt similar to this movie the way I felt to I recently saw in theaters Megan. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. The yeah, robot yeah, yeah. girl movie. Yep, we yep. saw that. You mean M3 Gan? M3 Gan, yeah, yeah. People ask me, did you like the movie? I was like, well, I laughed the entire time. <laughs> so the answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is like, if I am 
outwardly enjoying it an entire movie for its entire runtime, then I have enjoyed that movie. Was it the movie's <laughs> intention? Intention, I don't know, but I like I enjoyed this movie loudly. Like out loud the entire time watching it. It is a fun one. And I love it, but like even from the title and I don't mean just in the placement of the title in the movie, but like from the title to the credits, this is a movie of absolute stereotype. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> like, like even Knights of the City is a is which makes generic. no sense as a title. It makes Nothing. no sense as a title. The closest I got was when we finally find out the name of the gang. The Royals. Do we? Do like the, ro- the Are they the Royals? I, I don't they, know. I, I mean, have Wikipedia to said they were the Royal. Well, they're the Royal Rockers. They are the Royal. They are announced as the Royal Rockers. I mean, that's the- a bad band name. <laughs> that can't be a gang name. That is like, it's a bad band name. It's a murderable gang name. Here, here's my theory. If they're royals, they must have knights. They must be knights mm, of the city. Right, right, right. But it's also like. They're a gang. They're battling for their city, right? But that is certainly not the focus of the gang in this <laughs> no, movie. No, this is clearly not the first movie to combine a musical and gang warfare. Like, there's a lot of those that exist. I can't and, think of one. And those things shouldn't. <laughs> those things shouldn't combine, but they also work so well together because gang warfare. Pretty silly when you break it down. It's just, you know, teenage boys joining a club to feel <laughs> tough about things. And musical theater. Silly. Just silly. Well, the same thing. Like, why does it work? It doesn't? It does? I don't know. There's West Side Story. There's Grease. There's what? currently an Outsiders musical premiering in San Diego Wait, right what? at this very moment. And now there's Knights of the City. I, they got a formula, and for some reason, it works. There's an Outsiders there musical? There is, yes. <laughs> it's, it's that, yeah, replace fighting with dancing is so seemingly so satisfying to so many performing so, so artists. Many. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is how we can we can communicate the streets through our plies. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like when you're taking something, when you're taking gang violence and making it dancing. I don't know, there's something so fun about this movie's instead of doing it artfully and saying like, all right, it's, this is a gang story, but when they rumble they will dance. You will just know. <laughs> you will just know that rumbling means dancing. Yes. This movie is like, what if they rumble and, and dance? <laughs> You're right. That is the difference. It's not a different language. They are well versed. They they know that there is fighting and there is dancing, and they are actively choosing both. And it is a point of contention amongst their ranks about which one they should be prioritizing. The dancing's diegetic. Not only is the dancing diegetic, the music is also diegetic. Yes! There, there, yeah. There's yeah. a bit where, where two characters kiss and a, and a hot saxophone starts playing cut to one of the gang members playing that sax. Oh my yes. god. No, I'm yeah, thinking right. of a different moment. When he where... turns off the radio? No. What? There's so many, so moments. many moments. When Mookie <laughs> plays the guitar and he plays the funeral march and it's yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's Yes. When he's talking shit about Joey and Joey spins around in the chair and is like, I've been here all along. You, and you see him hear... pick up his guitar. <laughs> There's a sheepish look on his face. <laughs> Gold. Very fun. Yeah, it's like, that is what this movie is. (laughs) It is the synthesis of West Side Story's artful sort of 
musical theater as gang violence, but just like slid into B-boys and B-girls of the late 80s or mid 80s. And where you know, we're allowed to say slurs and show people get stabbed now. So <laughs> let's do that. But let's not like totally lose the jazz tap. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> How many people got killed in this last fight? Uh, five, six, seven, eight. Good morning, students. This is the president of the drama club reminding you to audition for the spring musical today after school in the cafeteria. Jocks, gang members, and other non-typical musical theater nerds encouraged to audition to help raise the profile of our theater department and make us seem with it. Anyone can be a musical artist. Just remember a few decades back to the tale of the Royals, a gang of street toughs ultimately cut from the ensemble of The Warriors the Musical. On the main streets of Florida, we begin following anybody's from West Side Story making her way through a kind of choreographed street crawl number. But it's only tertiarily important in as much as it sets up that this movie will be a hybrid musical type joint and gain warfare story. Like West Side Story, you say? Yes, but dumber. Troy Lee <laughs> the Royals, a gang slash rock band who spends their days ever losing their territory to rival gang the mechanics and their nights in band practice and or breakdancing at the club. Troy knows the streets will not end well for anyone as a career, so he tries to encourage the gang to pursue their musical ambitions. Subtext. Joey, the hot-headed member of the gang, imported in from the Outsiders, is not thrilled about this direction and wants to give everyone a reality check. The mechanics are continuously moving in on their territory, stealing cars in their neighborhood, and dealing dirty drugs. Protection payments have tapered off because why pay for protection when there isn't really a lot of protecting going on? And it's a fair point all around. So they call the mechanics out, but before you can say rumble, the cops show up and they're on Carlos's from the mechanics payroll. Officer Krupke, or at least that's what I'm calling him, arrests the royals. But there's a silver lining to this evening in jail. The royals are inspired to create a new song on the spot called We're Gonna Do Something Tonight. And pretty soon, everyone in the jail is having a riff off, a la Pitch Perfect. <laughs> How many musical references is that by now? Have I lost everyone? <laughs> well, these Philharmonic felons are not the only folks in the jail this evening. Also booked for drunkenness is John K. Delamo, owner of Twilight Records. Despite the royals clearly being the least talented people in this precinct, they are the main characters after all, and he hands them his card telling him to meet with him any time to possibly pursue a record contract. But when they take him up on this offer, they stick out like a sore thumb, and his daughter in charge, Brooke, sends them packing without listening to their demo. Well, she'll come to regret that choice later. Brooke is tired of being judged for being a Nepo baby with a Harvard degree, but she did just let go the first promising act she was ever presented with the opportunity of signing. How will she ever find them now that they've disappeared into the streets? Well, ever heard of the plot to a little story called Cinderella? Brooke announces a contest for a record deal for anyone who would be considered a street person. This miraculously works almost instantly. The Royals and Brooke reunite, and since she's already heard their tape, they are automatically in the contest without having to audition. But now the trials of the contest await them. <laughs> Nepo baby. <laughs> yeah. I love that we, as a culture, are saying Nepo baby more and more. <laughs> it's such a fun phrase. It is. It just Nepo is. Nepo baby. 
Meppo, baby. It's such a nothing discourse, but I love engaging with it at any turn. <laughs> it sounds like a British mother with a cold calling her child over to breastfeed. Nippo, baby. Nippo, baby. Nippo. Nippo, baby. Nippo, baby. Maybe like a month ago, I watched for the first time Lorenzo Lamas's one of his early movies, Body Rock. Okay. Which is basically this movie. I've heard of oh, Body Rock. Okay. Yeah. I had to stop this movie in the middle. I've already seen this movie before, but it was... I've seen it like eight years ago and I don't remember a thing about it other than liking it. And I had to stop it because I was like, I just watched this movie. What was the business? (laughs) (laughs) And it's not the same because it doesn't involve a competition, but it but it is like Lorenzo Lava's like (laughs) Fair, good point. Great point. (laughs) But just like the vibe is so similar and its depiction of the quote unquote the city though that one actually takes place in New York is it and, and like the rise to prominence and like falling in love with the producer like all of this stuff except you know Lorenzo Lamas is a tall drink of water but he is no Leon Isaac Kennedy if you know no, what I mean no no no, no. Which one was that? That was Troy. Uh, okay. Yeah, Josh, amazing that you just said that because <laughs> the credits for this movie open. And they say, Leon Isaac Kennedy in a Leon Isaac Kennedy film. Leon Isaac Kennedy wrote and directed, starring Leon Isaac Kennedy. And as this movie went on, I would say I was about 30 minutes into this movie. And the thought hit me like, I have no idea who Leon Isaac Kennedy is. It's funny that you latched on to that name because I latched on to Jeff Kutesh as Flash, which... Jeff Kutesh was on screen at that moment as Flash. Then the credit comes up, choreography by Jeff Kutesh. That is a hell of a move. Yeah, yeah. He got both titles over himself in the movie. That's rad. The opening credits let you know that the people in this movie made this movie, which is usually a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) There was also a litany of special guest appearances. It was like... Exactly, Casey. You're right. It's usually a red flag that the people in this movie made this movie until you give a special appearance by Smokey Robinson in your credits, then you're like, all right, I'll follow you all to the end of the earth. Yeah, sure. When the fat boys came up, when the fat boys holding their own title card came up, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a great movie. I can't wait to see what the fat boys are up to. This movie does start with a gang of which the name... We are all currently still confused about. Yeah. Are you also confused, confused Alan? Yes. <laughs> it's okay, Alan. Don't worry, Alan. It's okay. Go ahead. Get Dario to set up the amps, all right? right hey, Slick, go get me a soda. Dario, help Betty with the amps. Hey, Flash, how are you, man? Troy, check it out. I got 150 bucks for you guys tonight under one condition. Condition? Hey, wait a minute. 150 bucks? I thought you said 300 bucks. Now, wait a minute. There's a lot of groups here No, wait here a second. Did you promise him $300? All right, Joey. Forget Cash it. makes no enemies, right, guys? Just keep talking, asshole. Joey, leave him alone, all right? No, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. We just came here for a good time tonight. Unless the mechanics show up, there won't be no trouble. We don't want no trouble. Me and my pals just want to have a good time. Yeah, that's fresh. Okay, that's let's just fresh. take it to the floor. No oh, so problem. Deals a deal. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, come on, Troy. Let's take it to the floor. A deal's we a deal. We got things to right? do. Let's go. Right? Hey, Flash, you look a little nervous. You know, if I could just dance like you, <laughs> I don't think the world could stand it to us. 
Yeah, well, if I had as many chicks as you, for sure they couldn't. The movie opens to the credits, and on black we hear a little gang member banter. Yeah. Yeah. It was just let them talk for a second, <laughs> and if they sound street enough, we'll open the movie with it. <laughs> 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 oh no, I was so worried. I was so like, oh no, we're we're gonna watch a movie with like barely drawn, not raw or real at all street toughs. And I thought that would be bad. <laughs> it was a major strength of the movie. I feel like in order to break down the Roy or so so called the, the Royals, look no further than two of its members, Joey and Mookie. Mm. And Joey joined this gang because he wanted to be in a gang. <laughs> and Mookie joined this gang because he wanted to be in a band. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at their hair. Yep. Mookie has such a quaff to him. It's so quaffed. Such a pompadour. Yeah, I know that he isn't, but I was convinced through the majority of the movie that Joey was played by a young Brad Dorif. <laughs> no, I thought yeah. the same thing. This guy is doing the greatest Brad Dorif impression. And then I looked him up and Nicholas Campbell, the actor, has 174 acting Ooh. credits. Yeah. Joey has all of the chains in this movie. He's just wearing they, them all. Yeah. They are all wearing so much jewelry for gang members. They're they're clinky. <laughs> they're noisy. You you they would not be able walk. to sneak up on anyone. I truly can't tell if ever anybody in this movie would have ever registered in the history of the world to anybody as actually tough looking. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Joey? Carlos. Okay, Carlos did kill a person. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about. Actions. I'm talking about dress. Oh no. Oh, oh no, no, God no. no. Not, like, not at like all. was there ever a point where people looking like members of DeBarge, people were like, yo, that guy'll kill you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be interesting to see a version of this or a version of West Side Story where they visibly looked tough and were doing yep. the dancing and moves. It would be intriguing. When Breakin came out, though, everybody dressed the same. As this, basically, right? And presumably Breakin, although a cash grab, is like a fairly reasonable representation of what break dancers on the street in Venice and Muscle Beach like looked like. Right. Which is fucking bonkers, right? It's just like loud red shirts, big ass hats, huge sneakers. Like like at some point, streetwear didn't look goofy to people and did look scary at least a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I but I sort of feel the same way about like Judas Priest, right? And Kiss, really, and like all the all the sure. like, metal bands yeah. of the time. Oh, okay. were, like, it's theatricality. Oh, they look terrifying. I mean, the amazing it's... irony of a of a flamboyant gay man tricking tough like homophobes into dressing as leather daddies is like the richest thing yeah. in, in the history of American pop culture. <laughs> yeah, they do credit members only in the credits of the film. <laughs> they do. 
They, they forgot about that. Wait, is that real? Yes, yes it, it actually is. says special thanks <laughs> members <Rivers> only. only. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, it's 80s as fuck. I mean, it, it's rare that your gang movie actively focuses on a gang that's trying to get out of being a gang. <laughs> like, oh, so usually true. It's like one yeah, the per- American dream. Yeah, it's like usually it's one person like, I gotta get out. And this yeah. is the leader being like, we all gotta get out, guys. <laughs> Yo, our bootstraps need lifted. <laughs> yeah. Joey's the yeah. only one that really wants to stay a violence gang. Yeah, yeah. Now, Carlos and the mechanics, I want to give you fair warning right now. I'm making a move on this neighborhood. They are stealing cars from our zone, and they're making the money, and we're getting the play. You don't believe me? Ask Eddie. Go ahead, Eddie. You tell him. At least five stores don't want to give us no protection money. They say the mechanics have been hit, daughter, for the money. And while you guys are doing your refugees from fame pit, they are moving in. And we got to do something about this. We've been way too lax on them, so I swear to God, man, come on. This movie is funny because it starts with a gang rumble, it ends with a gang rumble, and in the middle, we just shove an entire <laughs> salsa the motion picture. Yes, I was I was thinking of salsa yeah. through a lot of this. And it is funny, we talked a little bit about Leon Isaac Kennedy, but like he is at this point known for movies where he's a tough guy, right? So he's known for the penitentiary movies where he's like, Basically, like a black Rocky in a jail. Okay. okay, but this time he just wanted to dance. I, I don't know what he wanted, to do, <laughs> but but it is funny because it's like because he just isn't scary looking in this movie. Like he right. looks so gentle. He's smiling so much. His little mustache is <laughs> cute. His tight leather pants. And and mesh shirt. Like, mm. he looks like he's going to go to a fucking Midnight of Rocky Horror on Waverly Place. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help the fact that this movie overdubbed to become PG-13. Like, I was obsessed with the fact that not only was this movie substituting Friggs in, but it was after the fact. Yes. Yep. Oh, we yeah. And they like, they, like, cable tv got rid of a shit once like he says yes. like, bull. he's like what is this bull and like you see his mouth still move and i'm like are we yeah are we watching the nbc daytime version of this What's <laughs> <happening>? <laughs> didn't mind those homophobic slurs back then though <laughs> <laughs> fine, with, fine with keeping those as uh, many of those in as we could yeah. this is what happens when you find a stranger in the alps larry <laughs> 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 You're gonna win that contest, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Crash, who is a, I mean, non-binary seeming uh, member, member of, the, of the, the Royals or whatever yeah. the gang whatever is called. Whatever the hell they're called. She'd be Honeypot. Yeah. She'd be, <laughs> it's, she'd be like, why? looking why like, a, like Stella Stevens in like like old person makeup and like, Woo! <laughs> or like fucking Chloris Leachman. She's like, yes, yes, yes. But like, there's no reason for. I, I, or if she's I get, spying, I, on I think them? she's spying. I think she's getting intel, like because Joey requested it. Okay. Like, yeah, the mechanics are in our territory, and they're selling bad drugs, and they're hot wiring our cars. Like, and the best way to do that is to dress like Tweety's owner. Yeah, <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> give up. <laughs> 
crash like jumps over a, a bridge as it's rising. Like, yeah, uh, yep. was what are those Draw type bridge. of bridges called? Drawbridge. Draw Thank bridge. you. Yeah, and it's like, what are you gonna do now? And like, they don't acknowledge in this moment that guns exist, but later guns <laughs> exist. So, oh. but like one gun exists. <laughs> Two, a, a a a rifle and a sh- and oh, a there pistol. is a, yeah, there's the shotgun. The shotgun. They go to like negotiate terms with the mechanics, and then that's when Magruder shows Magruder! up. Right? <laughs> Come on, man. What the hell is going on? Look like a little social gathering. This ain't over, Carlos. There'll be another time, hear me? Oh, yeah, there will be. Hey, officer, what are you hassling us for, man? It's nobody else you're causing trouble here or what? Don't yeah. see nobody else. Go ahead. Give me something to talk about over my coffee. He's on the mechanic's payroll because, like, it's crazy that literally the royals do absolutely nothing wrong in the course of this movie till the very end. But like like the mechanics are out here like actually dealing drugs, stealing we see them things, stealing a car. Like shaking down people and the Royals are just like doing little dance routines in the streets. And Magruder's like, you guys are the ones I'm booking <laughs> and beating the shit out of. Um well, and if that's the what jail happens. cell is any indication, anyone who is talented at music Gets thrown in jail. Oh, uh, maybe Magruder just hates musical theater then. Oh my God, is this a is this a Footloose? footloose. A is this a Footloose? Guys, we got a Footloose. I mean, insane. <laughs> <laughs> so then in the jail scene. I mean, it's really the most important part of Act One is that scene. It's masterful. They're being booked for the night. It's the the injustice of it all. But like their immediate reaction is to start riffing on a new song. And the the lyrics of which are only, we're going to do something tonight. We're going to do something tonight. We're We're going to do do something something tonight. We got to do something tonight, Joey. Tonight, tomorrow, let's do something beautiful. We got to do something tonight, Joey. What's the matter with you? We're We're going to do something something tonight. We're going to do something tonight. We're going to do something tonight. And then much more talented people start (laughs) freestyling. And then the fat boys step in and do an actual rap. It's it's very good. It's very good. But there was just one day, said I will always remember. In 81, the third day of September, with my brand new Sully. Gonna rob this door, gonna get a quick yard or even more. Pulls out the tray, two set of reef, four heavy, but the owner responded. Quick with 357. Post a few rounds, one of us got a hit, then it fell to the floor, and my blood went you. Yes, I got caught. It's also, it's a riff off. It's very pitch perfect. That, yeah, we're going around to, like, each cell, and they each put their own little spin on things, but it's all harmoniously tying into one another, and this is art. Beautiful. Yeah, and across from them in another cell is Mr. DeLamo, the head of a record label, who's drunk off his ass and (laughs) drying out in this drunk tank. Same. And he is... It's insane. (laughs) And he is... I would call that actor not quite, but almost. (laughs) He looks like Jeffrey Rush in House on Haunted Hill. (laughs) (laughs) He 
he's a Vincent Lowe price. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you guys are great. You're fantastic. You're the great. You're the next big thing in music. Here's my card. Here's my card. Call me the minute you can. Right. And How then, many times has this happened? Like, <laughs> yeah, and and we're in that jail cell for so long. That I almost forgot the plot of the movie because it hadn't quite been established or presented yet. It doesn't really happen until that moment with Brooke. Because like when they go to Brooke and then Brooke has her whole thing of like not like I'm not listening to you. She listens to the tape. I'm gonna listen to you, but I can't find you. Oh, I found you. Like that's when the movie really begins. Yeah, yeah. Because they go to Mr. Delamo's office with a cassette, right? (laughs) And there's this moment where they're, you know, they're street toughs. They're making a, they're making a mockery of this uh, hoity-toity record label. And a door opens and out steps Brooke Delamo, daughter of the drunk we had previously met, signified as gorgeous, right, by the by heavenly the silhouette, pads. right, by the shoulder. <laughs> there's an hourglass figure, and then there's an an '80s hourglass figure, which is just has that rim off the top, which is the shoulder pads. <laughs> They really stick out in the angelic backlight. Yeah, they present her with this beautiful silhouette, but it just highlights Homegirl's got just the splittest of ends, like just the frizziest hair. And it really locked home for me that like the female hair in this movie is quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up at a time where it felt like there was, uh, you know, unless you wanted to grow it out and be a legend like Greg here, like there were really like two or three acceptable male haircuts. And the 80s presents a world where there were hundreds of acceptable male haircuts, and the only acceptable female haircut was stuck a fork in an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when, you, when we meet Brooke and her receptionist, who are textually speaking hot, hot <laughs> to the point where like men, uh, fruit by the foot long tongues are falling out of men's faces at the sight People of these turning into wolves yeah turning into Chips. slide whistles yeah yeah factory whistles eyes are bulging out of heads pupils are detaching from eyes Quote, smaller pupils coming yeah <laughs> but there's a lot of bones about the fact that the that the quote street people end quote, end quote. are dressed like degenerates and I swear to you, I had I could not tell the difference between the people <laughs> no. on uh, no. on screen from each other because I was like, y'all just look like you're all going to the fucking S and M club. Just... There's our cassette. Cassette. Are you referring to a demo? No, uh, that's our songs, and uh, they're really great. Let me ask you a question. When did you guys schedule an appointment? Appointment? Yes, an appointment. You do have an appointment. We know Mr. Delamo. Oh, you do? I called him up last night. He said to uh, make Where it, did said, you meet? We can't really mention that. We can mention it. He's a drunk. He was put in jail. Hey, we were there. We met the guy. Hey, look. He gave us a card. He said, come, so we came. Okay? I'm sorry. He's tied up. See, this is bull crap, man. I told you the guy's probably jive. My father is not jive. 
I think you're right. I think he does this a lot. I, yeah, I think every day there's like some person he picked up from the the drunk tank. The sad is really good. Yodeling cowboy. No, thank you. <laughs> and then we cut to Brooke and her friend in a car listening to the music as they drive through the city. And the friend is like, who are these people? And Brooke's like, I think they're fantastic. Yet the song we're getting is is just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> It sucks so bad. And yet we have to watch the female lead be like, yes, good actually. <laughs> Very you got good. The stuff. This is the next big thing. My favorite cut. Favorite Ooh. edit. There's been a lot, you know. We've there's, had a couple there's, good ones there, recently. Yeah, we've talked about uh, punch cuts. Yeah. We've talked about... Um, Characters dying in a dissolve cuts. Yeah, dissolve deaths. The multiple incredible reveals we've had over the last few episodes. Right, and even in this episode, there's like, there's fucking cross wipes in this. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Like, yeah. we George love... Lucas cross wipes. <laughs> but when Brooke goes to her dad, Mr. Delamo, and is like... I want to put together a show, a contest. The Royal Rockers are so good and they're unknown local town. Who knows what unknown local town is out there? We need to throw this show. They cut directly to a guy just humping, gyrating in the air. Boom, 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 boom. Hump cut is my new favorite editing choice. Ever. I'm not even sure that's the only time they do it in the film. I feel like there's one later. It could be part of the language. Listen, if you were a gang member that looks like you're in a cool K-O-O-L cigarette ad, (laughs) you too would hump a lot just to yourself. You too would hump a lot. (laughs) I mean, the city's excited, right? All the gangs are excited because the competition is coming. Two different things are presented in this moment. One, that she'll never be able to track down these guys again for some reason. (laughs) They're lost. They're just lost Yeah, they're lost to the streets. So she does concoct this idea to have a contest and every street person come in and audition, which works. And then you could in that moment just sign them, but no, the ruse. <laughs> it's gone too far. Insane that, that that at the point when she goes, man, I really should have like signed them on the spot. But, yeah, we yeah. now have a month's worth of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the movie were any less wacky bananas, I would have really hated this. But it's like the the head of the record label has already been like, I like you, come in, I'll sign you, right? Even though he was drunk, sure. They go and meet his daughter, and she's like, I don't, I'm not going to sign you hoodlums out of a jail cell, why should I? And then she listens to the music, and she's like, I really like them, I want to sign them. It is my mistake that I haven't signed them yet. <laughs> Let's throw this contest just so we can meet them. You can't really have the rest of the movie being our main characters being like, I hope we win the contest. It's like, <laughs> motherfuckers, <laughs> the contest is fake. It's just for you to win. And, and I yeah. would say that this is unrealistic. 
Except I have a good friend who concocted the idea that they wanted to meet me and become friends with me before we did. And so threw a party so that they could invite me and then got nervous and didn't invite me. <laughs> no! <laughs> Wait, but then they went through with the party anyway. And they still had the party. And then That's later incredible. told me this. this is, that is, you know what? The more I think about it, Craig, that story, that is the funniest story to tell. <laughs> That's why I wasn't invited to that party that you party. all went to. Because it was actually meant for me. <laughs> the Royals, or whatever the hell they're called, practice and boy do they need it. Mookie isn't happy with everyone's adequate performance, so he gives them a motivational speech about what good means. Troy bails on practice to go see Brooke, who's in the middle of a recording session. Troy asks Brooke out to lunch, but she's got plans despite the fact that she called him? (laughs) But never mind that, she invites him and his friends over to dinner. Big mistake! Troy shows up at the Delamo's fancy 80s house with Mookie and Joey in tow. The street punks look quite out of place at the fancy 80s dinner table. Joey can't stop his fast-talking mouth, and Mookie combs his hair at the table because hygiene isn't hip, man. <laughs> Mookie hounds Mr. Delamo about their cassette, and it's sexy music that, as Mookie puts it, will make you want to kiss your wife again. Troy and Brooke escape the awkwardness for a talk next to the Delamo's fancy 80s pool. He invites her to come watch the band, and thus begins a montage with a blistering speed that would make the Flash's head spin. We see them making out in a car, then they're dating. Then Troy says he doesn't want either of their friend groups to see them together, which is an incredibly healthy thing to say in a newly budding relationship. Then they're having sex. (laughs) Troy's current girlfriend, Jasmine, isn't happy about him seeing another woman. So she storms out to side with Carlos and the mechanics to make Troy jealous. Brooke goes for a drive with Troy, Mookie, Joes, and Crash. They tell her how life is on the street. Then they spot Carlos doing some business on their turf. As always, Joey is eager to stir up trouble and hungry for eyeballs. But Troy doesn't want to rumble with Brooke there. Magruder goes full ACAB on Troy. This is the final straw for Troy. He tells Joey after a decade of street punk life, he's tired. He thinks the contest is his way out. Joey doesn't want to leave the streets. Talks about if there was a neighborhood hall of fame, Troy would be in it, which frankly might be a good use of Joey's manic energy. The Royals recruit the film's choreographer, Flash, to teach them every dance move he's ever seen. Cue training montage complete with an instructional song about how to do the break. Mookie tells Troy they have to do something about Joey. Joey spins the chair around like a Bond villain. Joey's hot head won't stop sizzling. He's ready to rumble with the mechanics. Troy says it's against the contest rules, and like summoning Beetlejuice, Delamo calls for Troy. He wants Troy to stop seeing Brooke, but Troy shrugs him off. Later on in the streets, Jasmine and Carlos flaunt themselves in front of Troy and Mookie. Joey watches from around the corner with his switchblade out. Will this finally be Joey's moment to rumble? No, because Troy and Mookie just ignore Carlos. Joey confronts Troy about being a pacifist, but Troy ignores him too. Brooke surprises Troy by showing up at his place. Unfortunately, she's got some bad news. In a very confusingly edited scene, Brooke says something about the company and three weeks. Luckily, Wikipedia's here to fill in the gaps. Uh, Apparently, she wants them to take a break until after the contest that she created. Troy does not take this well. So... 
Act two, heavy in the montages and heavy in the arbitrary rules being set up, which is <laughs> yeah. like over the course of the contest, which is an unnecessarily long time Three because this weeks. is this like Eurovision where we're having multiple <laughs> mini like auditions in order to get to the finalists. We don't see any of those things. No, we see three. Three performances in the finals. So it, yeah, yes. But in the meantime, you can't get arrested during that time period or no. else you're out of the contest and apparently you can't date the head of the contest. You also can't rumble. Yeah. I think at all. Well, rumble is fighting. Yeah, but what if you rumble and don't get arrested? Okay, all right, all right. What right. if a rumble happens in the streets and there's no Magruder's there to catch them? <laughs> if a rumble happens in the streets and Magruder's not there to catch it, do the pony boys stay gold? <laughs> <laughs> Act two does have the most honest bit in the movie where Troy has the existential crisis of a 32-year-old who is living <laughs> the life of a 16-year-old. Yeah. And he was like, hey, man, yeah, we used to rumble with the mechanics and, you know, getting getting brawls and live for the streets. And that was all well and good when we were 15, 16. But now, 10 years later, it's just sad, man. And I was like, you're 25. <laughs> <laughs> 10 okay. years later. Yeah, Joey goes 10 years later. 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're sticking with. That's our story. <laughs> All right. This movie, I mean, this movie's wild for a lot of reasons, but this movie's particularly wild because it does assume that we, the audience, will sympathize with a gang who is extorting poor people for protection money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we just really go along with that. like <laughs> troy goes like oh yeah we're like making this area better like motherfucker how uh, yeah, yeah from what doing what it's like so, <laughs> like you're a local business paying this gang for the privilege of not having another group of teenagers spinning around on a like cardboard box in front of your business <laughs> like it's like it's, only we will do break dancing in front of your building yeah, we're the only ones who can shoot marbles in your alleyway. <laughs> Give me those cat's eyes. Especially because we take the whole movie to talk about how little they're doing because yeah. they're getting ready for this show. I mean, honestly, again, if Wikipedia is to be believed in terms of what it's filling in the blanks, it implies that this contest helps clean up the streets because yes. everyone is too busy auditioning and like competing <laughs> in this contest to commit crimes. And, it, and it's in the <laughs> That's an interesting take, Wikipedia <laughs> plot synopsis. That's an interesting take. Hello? Hey, Troy, there's a Brooke DeLamo on the phone. He'd want to talk to you. He's busy. Maybe he'll call you back hey, later. Hey, hold it. Hang on. I tell you, your manners absolutely amaze me. Yeah. Okay, sounds fresh. I'll be there. Where are you going? She wants me to drop by after rehearsal. Oh, really? For what? For what? What are you, a damn detective now all of a sudden? You can't even answer the phone right. I'm sure it's about the gig. Jasmine, when you leave here, make sure you lock up. And in that scene, Jasmine, to me, read as a sister. Yeah. Because yes. she answers the phone and she's like, Troy, someone's on the phone for you. Mm, okay. Yeah, I just didn't get the read of this was a romantic thing. Like, it was just like, she answered the phone for Troy. I mean, and made neither fun did Troy, and... clearly. Well, it's also, nice. you have that entire month, like between that scene of her answering the phone and the scene of Jasmine and Troy breaking up, you have the montage of Troy and Brooke falling in love and getting into a relationship. And you're like, okay, 
Yeah, sure. Nothing wrong with that. And then you cut to his current girlfriend and you're like, oh, that's what's happening? He goes to the recording studio where Brooke is recording. I don't really have a joke for it. I'm just going to say the funniest image I've ever seen. (laughs) Truly the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like a 35-year-old substitute teacher with a red blazer on with the sleeves rolled up and like cat makeup on. Doing the Eddie Murphy, my girl wants to party all the time look. (laughs) Yes, totally. Love goes up and down. That was the song. Love goes up and down, yeah. (laughs) So many needle drops this episode. I'm so excited. The wheels on the love go up and down. (laughs) I think in this part of his career, it's mostly down, but yeah. And Troy walks in and he's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry I called you Jive and everything, but is there any way I could, you know, take you to lunch or something? And she looks at the guy in the recording booth and goes, I already have lunch plans. And he goes, I get it. He starts to storm out and she goes, well, wait, I have another idea. And her other idea was apparently a comedic 80s ad for mustard or <laughs> because it was like it was him and his street bros over at the Grey Poupon house. <laughs> yes. And the, the producer dad, who is the whole reason this is happening, right? was like, blah, blah, oh, no, not, not in my house. thing all over the my place. my daughter. <laughs> no, but honestly, I hope it wasn't too awkward. Oh, I don't know. I haven't had so much fun since uh, since the night I was thrown into the slammer and met your old man. Don't remind me of this. Brooke, you're way, way out of my league. I wouldn't embarrass myself by it. But I was thinking, you know, if you came and rode around with me and the guys. I think I'd like to do that. And then he leans in for a a, a cheek kiss. I thought it was sweet. I don't know. Yeah, their romance was was cute to me. I I do think I found it cute until the lightning fast montage, which ends with the like them crashing into a wall and Jasmine reminding you that she's here and is not his sister, uh, and is like, "Hey, we are dating currently." And Troy, <laughs> it, it really, hey, uh, Troy. I don't know if you remember, but. Yeah. We're sort of dating and living together. He's incredulous about this fact. Yeah. He's yeah. like He's like, I'm the bad guy? Yeah. Yes. So it was yes. hard for me to sympathize after that revelation. Yeah, I thought they were cute until it was like, oh, he's had a girlfriend this whole time. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Jasmine, though, does refer to him as Mr. Uptown, which is very classist of her. So she probably should have been dumped. <laughs> and then killed. And then, yeah. It would be sweet if she could die. That would be so awesome. Much easier for everyone involved if she would just die. She does do such a heel turn because she goes over... To the mechanics. Like the be- like like the best wrestling villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it changes into a new character, changes the wardrobe. Yeah, it- she goes yep. through the pink ladies yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, transformation. Yeah. Hey Carlos. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize the trash it was trash day. This is not a line from the movie, but that's the vibe <laughs> that she was giving off while they were walking through I the alley. I couldn't remember him. if it was or wasn't. Wait, what vibe is that, Jim? You know. <laughs> 
Piglies. <laughs> I didn't realize it was trash day. <laughs> Jamie, you just wrote the best line for a misogynist in a movie where like a female character does something like this. Yeah. Like walks into a pool bar in a bustier and is like, I'm ready to fuck the other gang. It would be so funny. If one of the characters was like, I didn't know it was trash day. <laughs> it's actually a really good line. I, I, we haven't painted a picture of Carlos. To Greg's point, I think he's the only intimidating one in the entire film. I mean, overweight Gigi Allen in a big hat doesn't necessarily instill <laughs> I mean, fear, but... We're, we're, we're grading on a sliding scale with he's this He's at film. least in the ballpark. He might have bleacher tickets, but he's in the park. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly, if you're in a gang, it means you have leather bracers and teased hair. And the higher your hair the more important you are. And yeah. also, the more complicated your secret handshake is, <laughs> the more gang you are. When they take Brooke out on collections and they run into Carlos, right, in the car, and there's a moment of tension of like, hey, we taught, we thought, we taught, we taught putty tat, right? We taught, <laughs> we told you to stay out of our turf, right? What the... <laughs> your sense of direction or something i think they like the way we do business better do it in your own neighborhood <laughs> hey mr t what are you laughing at huh you want some change here or what name sonny scumbag you want to try something i know your name is sonny scumbag hey. i'm gonna eat your goddamn eyeballs man come here hey man <laughs> what do you wash your hair with anyway douche water ah! mine let's do it let's do it <laughs> easy joey there's like a moment and Mookie's got a shotgun and he's pointing it at Carlos's face and he's saying hey uh, Paisan I'm gonna shoot you with my gun Uh, and I know Mookie whatever Mookie says (laughs) no that was right and you know Brooke's there and she's like oh I, I don't know if I like this and they're saying stay off our turf and then once again because they fucked with the mechanics Magruder comes and police brutalities them. This scene totally gets us nowhere. Yeah, this could have been <laughs> this was such yeah, a boring police email. brutality scene. It's just unpleasant to watch, really. There's no And I don't know when they lost Brooke at this point. Because I, I kept looking unclear. being like, wait, is Brooke also being hassled right now? Now she went home before this happened, I guess. God, there's so many good things in Act 2. But I think my favorite, and there are so many montages, but I think my favorite is the learning to dance montage where yes. we literally see every dance move i love the music of the training montage it's got a macarena it's got an instructional dance that tells you what to do to get ready to be an incredible dancer and it has so many weird moves in it there's that vaudeville cane thing that that one guy does where he like oh i mean cane guy is that's his whole deal He's got a cane. Honestly, of all the supposed quote-unquote gang activity we are meant to see or infer in this movie, the one genuinely intimidating bit is when they steal the dance moves from Flash. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, we're going to take all of them. Yeah, you're going to give us our dance moves, and for payment, you will get not killed. (laughs) (laughs) And And he gets into it. 
The guy gets, gets into it. Yeah. yeah, Flash is like, I'll give you a little amuse bouge. Like, here, here's my repertoire. You want a little Twyla? Do you want a little <laughs> this? It's like, yes. Uh, which one? Yes. yes. <laughs> All of them. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't even want to talk about it. It is just three weeks. It is not that much to ask for. Oh. Then let me ask you this. What's more important, your so-called love or, or your ambition? You think I'm a nothing? You think I'm a nobody? Well, I'm going to show you if this nothing, what this nobody can do. Uh, then, uh, yeah, Troy and Brooke break up because of the arbitrary <laughs> rules Brooke created. I mean, it, they're both wrong here. They're both wrong. Like, Brooke didn't handle it well. Um, she did create the rules. But there is something <laughs> to be said about, like, listen, this whole thing was already a sham for you to get a record contract <laughs> Me, the head, the daughter of the the head of this uh, record company, cannot actively be dating you. People will probably start to think that like this is rigged. But then Troy takes it way too personally. Like, and it, this comes up later where he's like, "You didn't think I was good enough three weeks ago," and she's like, "That was not the <laughs> reason for why we broke up." <laughs> it's also the reason why they met is because she yeah, did think he was, was good, good enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps conflating. Like, when, when he blows up at her, when she's like, does the three-week thing, it's like, they threatened to kill me, and I wouldn't give up on you for a day, not a month, not a week. I wouldn't give up on you for anything. It's like, that's not why they're threatening to kill you. They're not threatening yeah. to kill you for any reason having to do with Brooke. It's like, <laughs> he, look, Troy sucks. That's yeah, what yeah. I like about this movie, right? It's like... <laughs> The Jasmine character lets us know that Troy sort of sucks. Troy is a very selfish, self-focused person and never throughout the movie at any point gets has any reason to realize that he's self-focused. Right. It's like this whole competition is skewed towards your band. If people saw me fucking you, that would ruin it. <laughs> So maybe we just don't do that for a second. He's like, oh, I get it. I'm too street for you. And she's like, that's not what I said at all. Also, this is the man that didn't want either of their friend groups to see them together. I mean, yeah, he's a textbook. He's a textbook dick. (laughs) My way or the highway, you know? Yeah. But he does say, because I love in music, movies and musicals the line that gets us into the dance number Mm. and i'll show you what this nothing what this nobody can do cue 80s hip-hop music (laughs) and the the beginning of the competition i love that shit that shit that's my shit right there hello class it is i your favorite music and dance coach jeffrey tambourine (laughs) And I'm here to tell you about the final act of Knights of the City. At a five, six, seven, eight, it's time for the big competition. All of the, quote, street people are finally back to dressing like everyone is a costume designer in a 60s Italian sci-fi movie, dancing on sets destined to be in a Hype Williams video in the future. Smokey Robinson is the MC because he was in the process of making a comeback, but they couldn't afford his song royalties. <laughs> Despite both a large audience and a ravenous initial excitement, there are only two acts performing. 
The first is the Mechanics Gang presenting Jasmine and the Bad Girls, who look like they took a note from Salsa the movie and went full Puerto Rico with their set. Don't worry, this is immaterial, because the other act is our gang's band, the Royal Rockers. Now, don't forget, we don't know the name of our gang for some reason. The Royal Rockers remind us strongly of just how much sway Michael Jackson had in the culture of the 80s. And you know they're going to win because they have the bounciest jerry curls. Now, they're a sensitive gang, so their song is... You're not the only one who cries. Surprise! They win! The crowd goes wild. This is not the end of the movie. Brooke is so proud of Troy, but he hasn't forgot her turncoat behavior, and though we don't see it, he has probably marked her for death. So this is the last time anybody sees poor Brooke. <laughs> Everything is great in ganghood, except Carlos seems to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder with Jasmine, even though he insists he's not mad at her, and uh, yeah, he thought she was great. But sometimes Gigi Allen impersonators just have to shoot the girl he was seeing. Blam, <laughs> blam, straight burks, because he wants to send Troy a message. Troy gets that message. <laughs> and it's time to basically go back to the beginning of the movie and finish the fight that was put on hold for a few months. It's all or nothing. Troy versus Carlos. And whoever wins becomes the ultimate street person. Now... Because this was edited to be PG-13, when they <laughs> climb to the top of the huge empty water tank, Carlos keeps calling Troy fish lips. <laughs> because that's what a true badass does. Not a swear in sight. It takes a real badass to land an insult like fish lips. <laughs> Hurts, doesn't it, Troy? Well... They tie their arms together, classic knife fight style, but quickly lose that because it's really hard to dance <laughs> when you're tied together like that. The fight starts high, goes low, and ends with an all-out war between the gangs. Who will win? The answer, dear listeners, won't surprise you. <laughs> Fists and stuff... Gunshots, you know, no one dies. But Mookie comes back after refusing to fight initially and hits someone with his new trophy, which is cool. Yes. The band is back together. The cool one, the crazy one, the mustached leader. They've learned nothing. But now they have a lot of admin work to do to get the rights to the streets from the mechanics freeze frame <laughs> roll credits <laughs> it, it's amazing that the movie does not end with the contest no crazy Insane. how are we still in a movie how how is the movie still going does it end with the contest doesn't end with Brooke and Troy getting back together 
doesn't end with anybody dying. Basically, almost doesn't end. Like uh, <laughs> Carlos is still alive. Yeah, yes. yeah. Officer Magruder is still, or yeah, still on their still, out there still terrorizing people of color. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. They have gone no further as a gang, no further as a band. No, no uppins as- has come. Yeah. Th- now they just need to juggle their new record contract, though. With also, oh yeah, I guess we're also a gang. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's also crazy that the that the conclusion is yeah you know what both we'll do both i don't even know if it is both i think it, you think they just ways, become a gang no, they just neither, go back to gangness? either they've done yeah. neither yeah it's yeah <laughs> it, it's almost this movie reads like i was going to the store to get some smokes and then like a bunch of crazy shit happens and at the end i got my smokes yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then we cut to like, I don't know, some five piece. Feels like a bit cut out of like a German sketch show or something that I just, I, I can't understand. <laughs> the, the dancers on the black and white, like yeah. stripes and everything. Bananas. Yeah. It's like this nihilistic lyrics about like, we are never who we are to like, yeah, five person dance true. Doing like the robot. Goes well and truly forever. Yeah. It was also like, it was big pre-Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade vibes, what they were doing. Like when they come up to that one little square and have to do their pre-recorded dance number. And it's like, yes, this is the dance troupe from Miami, Florida. Wow, they look great, don't they, Katie? Yes. And wait, is it after that? I think it is. I think it's after them before Jasmine that Flash introduces. It's like we see that group just filmically as the smallest of nods towards, yes, there are other people competing. (laughs) Do not think about it. It doesn't matter. But there are other people competing. It is funny because like this does underline a funny thing about me, which is like Bloodsport knockoff movies where... You just see the tournament fights of characters that you don't care about. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't care about you doing doing a thing. Like narratively, I don't need to see this. And I, I have the exact opposite opinion when it comes to dad sequence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's fair. Yes, Jasmine was competing this whole time. That was not clear either. Like, did did Jasmine there's, say... Th- there's one line. No, they do. They, they do? They actually say it a lot in Act 2, where oh, they, they go, like, Jasmine's know. performing, and they have, like, a great show. Yeah, I, I remember Mookie saying that at one point. Okay. The only reason I got it was the, the scene where Carlos and Jasmine confront Troy and Mookie uh-huh. and, like, basically do homophobia at him. Yeah. <laughs> But as Carlos and Jasmine are walking away, after having just eviscerated, Ben Shapiro eviscerates SGW Warrior, after uh, eviscerating uh, Troy for, like, dancing and singing and being gay about it. They are walking away, and Carlos is like, anyway, we got to go practice for the competition. I was like, what? What is this whole scene? Been? Are you in the competition? Like, I thought Carlos was going to be in the competition. Right, right, no, right. he's just okay, sponsoring okay. Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a producer. He's got a, he's okay. got a schedule to uphold. I just want to say Jasmine's number, I really did like it. It was very, I need a hero inspired, but also there was a hurricane going on on stage. I like that. Great staging Jasmine. Place. 
fucking rips. Yeah. And now to introduce our finals. The one, the only, Mr. Music. Ooh, baby, baby. Smoking Smokey Robinson. Thank you very much. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Well, we all know why we're here. Tonight is a night that many of you have been waiting for for a long time. And now the first of our finalists, Jasmine and her bad girls. Won't give it away for free Till I find someone to love I won't give it away Give it away Yeah, Jasmine was really great I mean, I will just say Jasmine's number is so good I know this is not a visual medium But I'll show you my classmates, my notes (laughs) Uh, I've written the words I've truly have Oh, God, that's (laughs) grammatically bad All right, so I was so happy I didn't even follow grammar I've (laughs) truly have never been happier. <laughs> I've truly have never been happier than when I was watching Jasmine's number and realizing in that moment exactly what this movie was. Yes. Which is entertaining nothing. <laughs> pure pure just sugar. Pure sugar, right. Fun dip, fun dip. It's the raccoon that has the piece of cotton candy who tries to wash it yeah. off of the river. <laughs> Yes. Loses it and just like, goes, oh! oh. That, is, that is the equivalent of us trying to understand what this movie quote-unquote is. Because <laughs> us washing the cotton candy away in the river. When we, the Jasmine number realized, shove that fucking cotton candy in your mouth. <laughs> shut up. That's what this movie is about. The spotlight shines on Troy, and the first line of the song is, Streaks of liquid sadness stain your face. And I wrote under it, Sorry, Jasmine. It's over. (laughs) It's over, Jasmine. Troy and the Royal Rockers come out and perform a song called, You're Not the Only One Who Cries. Which is like, felt like, I mean, we haven't seen them practice anything, but it's like, felt like they wrote it as Jasmine was playing her song. Streaks of liquid sadness stain your face And you thought you were robbed of your station and your place Weeks of It's got some someday love will find you rhythms <laughs> to it. <laughs> yes. That that's the the vibe it was giving off to me. And you know they come out, they're this big band, right? They've got Mookie on guitar, and they've got two nameless guys on drums and keyboards, and Troy is the lead singer. Troy is doing crowd work, which Serious is the best part. Work. Where he's like, "Come on, get up, yeah, someday love will find you. Love <laughs> will find you." <laughs> You know, everyone else from the gang is just doing break dancing on stage. 
One guy is doing mime. Y- yes. Uh, yeah, and Kane guy, Kane guy, who we've barely talked about, is doing a lot of Kane work, Glad and we love it. Work. We love that. At the same time, I was struck with this idea of like, would a stage crowded with different break dancers doing different things? <laughs> actually be good no. <laughs> would that be a good show no, to watch no it's the kind of thing like when you take out the music and you're just like hearing the like the, the scuffs on the street you're like oh boy <laughs> when they started playing they're such a neighborhood focused thing right they keep talking about the neighborhood and like where they are throughout the movie i was just so surprised that the band when we heard them didn't come out and call themselves jefferson township oh, thank <laughs> nice. you yes very good but they win and yeah and the movie is not over and it's like <laughs> congratulations royal rockers you got a prize from the woman you've been fucking as a representative of the record label who put the contest on specifically <laughs> to see you. What a triumph. The Royal Rockers have won. <laughs> Hooray, nepotism. Troy denies Brooke. And we're, I don't know, I feel nothing. Yeah, again, again. The movie's missed, over after the concert. The, the only thing I feel is like, yeah, the movie's over. And then I touch my mouse or whatever. And I see 20 minutes left. And I'm like, no way. Wait. No what could Well, especially be? because then we cut immediately to the the like opening to Full House where they're just driving around town in a Jeep yes. and other people in other Jeeps are like, woo! <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to the street gang we were? <laughs> the stab guy, the wheel man, <laughs> the sexual abuser. Um, and we check in with Carlos and Jasmine and this is the biggest you know, tragedy in the movie, which oh yeah, not only does she have the dishonor of coming in second place, but apparently that's something that mattered to Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> you are mad at me, aren't you? Why would I be mad at you? You were great. I just want you to take a message to Troy for me. What do you want me to tell him? You're going to let him know we got unfinished business. Ah! You really work good. Like, they could have just, like, smashed in some of their car windows. That yeah. would have probably sent the same message and had the same effect where they'd be like, oh, yeah, we can rumble now. Let's yeah. rumble. They didn't need to kill Jasmine. They didn't need to take a human life. Like, I don't know. That. Try calling next time. <laughs> like, <laughs> And after the movie has ended, <laughs> after, let's be honest, the movie's over. Jasmine's killed in a post credit sequence that just <laughs> happens to be the last 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> They have to have the final rumble between the mechanics and the royals or, you know, whatever. The main characters and the villains. And just like any rumble, you know, it starts out with like, it needs to be one-on-one and that's honorable. But then there's always going to be one moment where someone breaks, you know. Somebody pulls a gun. Pulls a gun and then suddenly everyone's rumbling. But where are they? They're in like a giant like a silo, silo or something. Un- yeah, yeah. yeah a, a discontinued nuclear silo. <laughs> seems like. Well, and everybody now looks like they're members of Soft Cell. 
Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> every fucking came off the set of Future Kill. Yeah. Be in this fight scene. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. There's there's a lot of Zods. It's been a long time since I thought about that word. Troy and Carlos face each other, and Troy's back in the murdering mood with the death of Jasmine, right? You're fair. Hey, fish lips. By the time I'm finished with you, man, you ain't gonna have to worry about your streets (laughs) or anything else in life ever again. But yeah, they fight. Highlights for me. They start roped to each other's wrists. So they can do like classic knife fight thing, but they slice the rope and they wrestle each other and Troy ends up falling into a hole. At first you think he's fallen off the roof of the silo and Carlos goes, ha ha, chocolate pudding. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe we almost ended this podcast without talking about chocolate pudding. Chocolate pudding. (laughs) Which also like, is that like cocksucker? Like, oh, like, like, uh, like one of those replaced lines? Do we think it was really chocolate pudding, or do you think it was like a replaced censored line? I'm <laughs> I really curious. the latter. <laughs> I mean, it's possible it could be a replaced censored line, but like but the idea of watching a black character you hate fall to their death and saying chocolate pudding <laughs> is so funny. I, like, want to believe it's written. That one might have been. I don't think Fish Lips was. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate pudding! (laughs) And then Mookie, the sensitive Brooklyn artist, (laughs) like, after having said, I'm done with all the gang fighting, yeah, as you mentioned, Greg, returns with the trophy. And that was very cool. That was a setup violence moment from a different movie, yeah. right? And it takes a long time. It really makes a meal out of watching that trophy walk up to the <laughs> rumble. And then he has a moment also. He's like, ah, my mom would have been so proud of this. It's like, she still could be. Again, you guys won the contest. Yeah, Why are we pretending that never well happened? Why is any of this happening? Why is it? Oh, I, ju- I took that as his mom was dead. That was oh, okay. I, All right. Speaking of which, I think greatest twist of the whole movie, I like truly didn't understand. Joey neither dies nor kills anyone in this movie. No. <laughs> no. Which it He's feels like there. truly every line of the movie is setting up one, the other, or both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a just world, the message would have been Joey's dead body, right? Like yes. the jazz the jasmine yes. scene wouldn't have happened. Yes. We wouldn't have even seen it. They would have found Joey's dead body after the contest and would have been like, Oh my god, this is exactly what he was warning this whole time. We need right. to take yeah. down the mechanics. Like that makes more right. narrative that's sense. That's would that that's in a just world. That's what that scene is. <laughs> no, no, no. But Jamie, you forgot about this aspect that I feel like earlier in the movie they seed where Jasmine is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna right, do? Right, so forgot that the violence has to be done on her. Yeah. So even though Joey is basically like, I'm only a week away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> He can oh, still well, live. I guess I can retire. <laughs> we built this city. We built this city on soft hip hop. <laughs> we built this city. We built this city on saxophone focus, blues guitar scale playing soft hip hop. Rip off report card. <laughs> 
The Knights of the City Rip Roth report card oh. is brought to you by Flash's Flash Dance Dance Class. Flash will teach you every move he knows, and he does know a little ballet, so hopefully that'll be enough to get you into ballet school. Bucket of water, not included. I had a bit of a tough time deciding on a topic for this week's ripoff report card. I wanted to do it on the director, Dominic Orlando. After coming through his IMDb and finding he directed a bunch of Disney music videos, including Disney sing-along songs, The Twelve Days of Christmas. But because he shares the name of an acclaimed television writer who passed away in 2021, it was a bit hard to find any more information. Luckily for me, another name in the film's credits led me down an even more lucrative Google wormhole. The IMDb bio of the film's producer begins thusly. Michael Francis grew up the son of the notorious underboss of New York's violent Columbo crime family. Perfect! (laughs) I couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk about the mafia. What? A tried and true subject of Riffboff Report Cards past. But this was only the beginning. Among the charges lobbied against Michael Francis for things like counterfeiting and gasoline bootlegging was a charge for transferring two and a half million dollars to his private movie production company and to his wife, who he met on the set of Knights of the City, so they could purchase a two-story house on Long Island in the town of Roslyn. Yes! The town where I grew up. Yes. What? It uh, turns out that broke my jaw from the sheer force of it dropping. Francis also grew up in Roslyn, according to an article in the Long Island Press from last year. After being released from prison in 1994, he's become something of a multimedia mogul. He tours as a motivational speaker. He's written seven books. In 2014, he produced an autobiographical biopic called God the Father, In 2018, he narrated a stage musical, a mob story, created and directed by none other than Jeff Kutash, the choreographer of Knights of the City. Yes! And in June of 2020, he started a YouTube channel where he recounts his life in the mafia, as well as reviewing mafia-related films, shows, and video games. Just last month, he broke 1 million subscribers. According to a video on his channel posted last year, Francis recounts how the production and release of Knights of the City was just as exciting as the film itself. So only kinda. (laughs) How dare you. Apparently, Sammy Davis Jr. filmed a cameo for the film that was cut out by another producer while Francis was in prison. That was my final thought. Really? Francis even received a key to the city of Miami from the mayor for increasing school attendance by letting local kids and gangs be in the film on the condition they return to school. When Francis was indicted after production, the film was confiscated. During his plea bargaining with the prosecutors, Francis negotiated for the film to be released. Oh my god. What? In a shocking double, turns out, the Francis family is not only one of crime, but also one of film production. His father, Sonny Francis, helped finance the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as well as the infamous porno Deep Throat. But that is a ripoff report card for another day. Wow. And that has been the Knights of the City Rip Roth Report Card. You really do find the 
deepest of cuts for uh, for yours. Roslyn! Roslyn! He was your neighbor. He was down the street. You could have been in the movie. You could have been in the no, movie. He could have been hey, in my great grandfather was in the Jewish mafia. It's fine. That's true. Does the Jewish mafia have as much popping and locking involved? <laughs> it's more horror. <laughs> Less popping, more locking. Locksing. Uh, Locksing. The yeah, horror. Yeah. Locksing. The horror. <laughs> hey, why can't you put the Jews in jail? Why? Why? They eat locks. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Anti-Semitic and anti-comedy. Woke up this morning. Road ourselves a rip off report card. <laughs> <laughs> I switched to the Sopranos. <laughs> oh, I like that. Rip off report card. <laughs> Come on, nobody can beat us. It's one, two, three, protecting each other's back. That's what it's all about. Yeah, nobody can beat us. I guess we're still together. Huh? Yeah, huh? huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was Knights of the City. What, from this class, might end up on the final test? Listen, I, I, I liked the West Side Story, but the screenplay was better. <laughs> For more tales of the criminal exploits that have happened in my hometown, watch the 2019 film Bad Education about the largest embezzlement of public school money in American history at my high school. Starring Hugh Jackman. And Cameron Diaz. No, that's Bad Teacher. <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> Oh, you can still use the Sammy, Sammy Davis. Davis no, it's fine. It. It's fine. Nobody can beat us. I'm just gonna say nobody can beat us. Freeze frame. <laughs> An audio freeze. Frame. An audio freeze frame. Whatever that is. Silence. <laughs> Y'all, I, I, I'm gonna admit to you, I, I truly have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the movie, this podcast ended 25 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's all been denim off since <laughs> since then. I've just been coasting. It's all been wrap up since then. Wrap up. <laughs> the bell means class is over here at Video High. Thank you so much for listening, and you're welcome so much for giving you Nights of the City. Thank you to Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of the band Scout Harris for our theme song. Thank you, Justin Ferraro of the band The Rizzos for the rest of our music. Thank you, Ann Shearer for our logo. And thank you to our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe. Our next lesson will be the fine piece of Italian cheese that is 1986's Hands of Steel. A man is real and made of steel. That's your assigned screening. In the meantime, head on over to our social medias at Video High Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at VideoHigh.pod on Twitter to say hello. Go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review if you think we're worth it. And otherwise, just keep being you, you saucy minx. No, it was confusing. Somebody was like, please don't kill me. <laughs> and they went, please? <laughs> please, please. Do kill. Do kill you. <laughs> <laughs>
Simple Equations Podcast Network.